That's a dreadful call and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net! Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri! Miller, lovely cushion header for The Ghost Goal Podcast. The Champions League and the Europa League have rolled on. We're on to the quarterfinals of the tournaments. We've got a whole bunch of soccer to talk about. We've got transfer news to talk about. Welcome back to the Ghost Goal Podcast. I'm Andrew Pissarro alongside Alex Moss and Javier Arevalo. we got the whole team back with us today. It's been a little while. How's everybody doing today? Doing pretty well. Pretty well. Missing uh I'm sad I missed that last pod so I couldn't, you know, shit all over Alex's predictions and at least Alex did a good job of predicting what I would have said for Arsenal because he got that completely right, which I have to give Alex credit for. Three, three for three, baby. Yeah, and when, I mean, when I would have chosen was... all of three of those, which is pretty impressive. <laughs> and and when I told him, he was like, wow, that's impressive that you got all three. I was like, right. well, it's not like we talk about soccer every, every day, day. Yeah, it's, like, it's true. just constantly picking each other's brains about what we think about our team at the moment. So not as impressive as you'd think. But at least your but your Champions League predictions are pretty fucking shit. You got almost all of them wrong. I have to call yeah. you out on that. Yeah, whatever. You know, swing for the fences sometimes. Yeah, what the fuck? You, you crazy predicted, times call for crazy predictions. I would have said Man City. I would have said Barcelona. Hey, and I would listen, have said. I just picked the wrong upset. Leon happened to get the upset. It, it's fine. It happens. It's a single elimination. I would have even now. teased it's that one. March I would Madness. have even teased Leon. Yeah, it's true. Well, no, Leon hadn't played for a month. Who, how was I to know that they were going to get a gift of a penalty given to them in the first like twenty minutes? Like, I mean, I guess this should be a to be fair. To like, be fair, you yeah. About. To be fair, Juve did too, which is yeah. I guess that's our first. Well, we, we can we can hold that off for a second. Yeah. Uh, so Champions League results, uh, notable ones: Juventus get uh, winning two one over Leon, but losing on away goals. Memphis Depay opening the scoring there. Cristiano Ronaldo scoring two more after that. Manchester City uh, beating Real Madrid two one, but really. Uh, Rafael Varane, you know, donning a light blue jersey himself and playing like absolute shit in that game. Imagine uh, the scenes when Man City announced the signing of Rafael Varane in like a couple weeks. And it's like it's been, he's been a sleeper cell the entire time. We just activated him to make sure we got through. <laughs> I never want to hear anyone compare Rafael Varane to Virgil Van Dyke again. That's all. I, that's all I have to say. Who was doing that? Who was doing that? Please, I, mean, I want you to point me in the direction of these people because I'm a Rafael Varane like apologist. I always stand up for him. And, you know, even that just left me being like, all right, maybe maybe I need to, you know, lower my expectations of Rafael Varane. Uh, well, if you have to lower your expectations of Varane, I think you have to lower your expectations of Koulibaly as well, who also had an absolutely nightmare game against Barcelona and uh, was at fault for almost all three of the goals. So gave up the penalty. Yeah, it, it, should, be, sorry, it should be 20 million pounds what less. Varane did to what Koulibaly did. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have to jump in on this. Varane literally gave City a goal 10 minutes in when Real Madrid were already trailing. Gave them both goals, to be honest. And then the second goal when, you know, Real were not, they weren't exactly chasing the game, but 
I don't think it was this Manchester well, let's be City fair. dominance. Let's like be the fair. No, Manchester indicated. City could have scored five or six goals on Real. No, they, I don't think they had so, so many. Sterling, Sterling could have easily had a hat trick. De Bruyne put him in multiple times. Um, Jesus missed chances. Uh, it, it was. I mean, Kevin. Kevin could have had a goal himself. I mean, it, to be fair to Real, they could have had a, a couple more goals themselves as well. It was a pretty fucking open game for like how much was on the line. But I guess yeah, like it, it kind of suited Real. Uh, you know, if they don't give away those two goals and they just limit their mistakes, which you know ninety percent of the time when you watch them this season they've been able to do. They didn't lose to Barcelona at all. I know Barcelona aren't as good as other seasons, but they got a win and a draw in the league against them. I thought they had a better chance than the eventual four-two aggregate scoreline indicated. But you know, that's just how these Champions League two-leg ties work sometimes. I mean, it was the I, most. I mean, Competitive. I mean, the Juventus Leon game I thought was a little bit boring. I didn't watch any of it. It was just focused. I, I was on this watching one. it, but I thought first of all, I mean, like you said, the the first penalty was a complete gift. Um, I think there's there's like I watched the the replay a few times. You can kind of see a little clip um, on the heels. I think it was number thirty three on Juventus clipped the heels of the of the player going into into the box, but it was it was a soft penalty to, I didn't, I didn't to say the it. least. But I think the Juventus penalty was ju- just as soft, if not even worse. Um, you know, a player on the wall with his hands on his side, they give a penalty for that. So I don't think you can really say that it was like a gift given to Leon. I thought Leon actually played pretty well versus a team that, you know, has full of world-class talent. Um, I think it's pretty telling, though, that Ronaldo has scored eight out of the last... In the last two years, he scored every single goal in the knockout rounds for Juventus. Um, and, and Real Madrid... Yeah, and Real Madrid has missed you know Cristiano in these last couple years they haven't you know gotten to semifinals or finals without him and you know they they had something like 30 or 40 less goals I know they won the league but they had a lot less goals in the league a lot less goals in the Champions League obviously Ronaldo's still a big factor in these teams and they haven't they haven't really replaced his goals yet and uh there's there's a little bit of rumors of Ronaldo maybe thinking of his future trying to go maybe to PSG for a couple of years and I don't know what you guys think about that but that would be pretty interesting I mean, it, it just Ronaldo, Mbappe, Neymar. Like, where does he play? Well, because they all just they also just spent all that money on Icardi too. Like, like I mean, why? You can, you can shoot this one down pretty easily. It's it's. I don't know. To me, it seems pretty clearly, unless it just gets announced immediately in the next couple of days, that it's just sort of opportunistic journalism. You know, yeah. As fans of Arsenal, Liverpool, and Chelsea, you're very used to seeing some random source in another country just link a player who plays in their country to your big club uh, just because, you know, a manager gets sacked like Maurizio Sarri has been since the, uh, the, the that uh, failure in the Champions League. And, you know, with Andrea Pirlo, now officially the new manager, you know, he's younger than Gianluigi Buffon. He had been hired the day before to be the U23 manager at Juve and then it was the quickest promotion of all time. You know, with, with that sort of, it's, it's not like a, a complete rebuild, but it's a very ambitious move that I don't think many people saw coming. Uh, journalists are very predictably going to go out and write some crazy headline to say Ronaldo's not happy with the uh, inexperience of Andrea Pirlo and he doesn't want to be a part of a rebuild. It, it's We see it in all sports, not just soccer. You see it with like LeBron James in, in Cleveland those last couple of years when his, whenever his coach was doing badly. He would just threaten to leave and they'd fire the coach and get someone else he wanted. But... I don't think there's much behind it. Like, like you said, what, he is getting what, paid what ridiculous happens? money by Fiat. So I, it, it seems yes, like well, the way that all the all, all the sponsorships like and everything tied. 
He gets like a free Ferrari every year. Right. Now. Yeah, but right. to be fair, if anyone's going to out outspend, you know, the Angelis, I know that, it's that's be, I it's think why there is the, the nation of Qatar. <laughs> yeah, or, I think that's it is. that's the only also, like maybe that, merit. Maybe that's to if it. Neymar is leaving for Barcelona. They've Barcelona have been after Neymar to try and get him back to keep Messi. No, I know they don't, but I don't know. There's got to be all sorts of creative accounting. Like we've seen crazier things happen. Messi's been thirsting after uh, Neymar returned to Barcelona for years now, basically ever since he left, and with Barcelona kind of at an all-time low right now under with while Messi's been there. Maybe Neymar's coming back and Ronaldo's going to go play left wing in PSG. I'm not saying I think this is going to happen, but, you know, it's just the dominoes. You could kind of see how dominoes could fall so that it might happen. But Well, some some uh, Juventus news is uh, Blaise Matuidi leaves for Inter-Miami. Uh, Inter that was announced. Yeah. Wow. I hadn't heard yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, no, no. That's very out there. Uh, people forget Blaise Matuidi played with David Beckham at... PSG for that like half of a year spell where he was at PSG and the other news is that now Aaron Ramsey who just signed there on a free last summer could be available again that they don't that they're not going to need him moving Javier, on quickly yeah moving on back to, in yeah <laughs> oh most definitely not he uh he think he's on like 250,000 a week yeah we can't uh he'd have to take a big big pay cut if he wanted to come back to us and I mean I'd take him but at this point, I think we got to move on and, and find someone That's else. That's all so. I wanted out of you, Javier. I wanted you to say you'd take him back. Of course I'd take him back. He's my errand. He could score another FA Cup goal on you. Uh, the big the big criticism I've read online about Juventus is just that they're going to have to rebuild the midfield. And, and Arthur coming in from Barcelona helps, but uh, there's a lot of other pieces that they're going to need there. And let's let's be real, though. If there's anybody who I'd want building my midfield, it's it's probably Andrea Pirlo. I, I feel like I feel like of, of all the guys to come in and and because, and, I mean, somebody said it on t- online, too, like winning Serie A is not good enough for Juventus anymore and not getting past Leon. I understand why you why you move on from from sorry, but at the same time, the dude wasn't given enough time at all. Like, and I feel bad for well, that guy. Well, this is the this is the lowest points total. This is the lowest points total in the last nine straight seasons that Juventus has won the league. This is the lo- the closest margin that they've lost by, and the lowest points total they've had. So, I know that you you can say that, but it's been the least impressive league win, which is just kind of expected by any Juventus manager at this point. So that's like the bare minimum. That you have you have to put like around the circumstances that led to that happening. Uh, You know they were still like ten points ahead with three games to go, and then you know fell apart once they locked up the league title. That's why it was a one point. Uh, league win over Inter. Inter weren't part of the title race. It was it was Lazio, if anyone, and then maybe a little bit of Atalanta at the end of the season. But if you put into the context of Sarri was brought in to transform a team that had been more defensive or, or probably one of the most defensive of the powerhouses in Europe right now, probably behind Atletico only, uh, the most defensive team in Europe and have, the, have had the most success uh, not only in Serie A, but 20 years ago, uh, 20 years plus ago, uh, in winning the Champions League. And, you know, when your job is to come in and, you know, switch the whole mentality and approach of a team, he, you know, we saw the, str- the struggles at Chelsea the year before. That doesn't just click like that year one. You need a couple of windows of transfers and you certainly don't need a world economic stopping uh, pandemic happening right at like the business end of the season to sort of trip up whatever momentum of what you're building is so I I would have given him a pass I would have at least let him see out the contract I don't know how many years it was but 
this was such a weird season. I just don't know why you react so like brashly. Uh, maybe Ronaldo was uh, telling Juventus like this isn't working out. Like you can do your attacking thing, but you have to move sorry on. Like I don't know, but that's one of the only things I can think of as to why they cut the cord so so early. Yeah, I, I was surprised. I mean, I was pretty surprised, and I'm also pretty surprised that you bring in Pirlo, who, as we said, has no managerial experience. Like everyone wants to compare this to Zidane, it's not apples to apples here. Like Zidane was on Carlo Ancelotti's, uh, or he was on Jose Mourinho's staff. He was on Ancelotti's staff. He was the their, you know, their Real Madrid Casilla manager. He was a manager and then got the job. But that's Pirlo. also following in Pep Guardiola's footsteps, yes. who was the Barca B manager. Exactly. And it was pretty soon for him, too. And then, obviously, Chelsea. Like, that seems to be a wave that a bunch of big clubs in Europe are trying to hit on right now. You know, get the fans like more re-engaged with one of their club legends coming in. And, and Pirlo isn't even at the level of club legend to Juventus that someone like Zidane or Lampard or Pep Guardiola were to their clubs. He was there for five seasons when Milan just decided to let his contract run up and he was, you know, run out. It was like 31, 32. And he just, you know, took advantage of the retirement years before going to, uh, in Serie A, before going to New York. So, you know, he won the league just like every other Juventus player has done in the last like 10 years. But uh, yeah, I, I'm, I, that, that one puzzled me. Like you said, it's, there's no experience uh, at all, even relative to the other managers that you can kind of compare him to. Um, it's just kind of feeding off the like the myst- the mystique of Andrea Pirlo, which you know I'm all he- I'm here for it. I love Andrea Pirlo. He's one of my Me favorite, one of my too. favorite midfielders of all time. Uh, I I do have the guy's Italy jersey. Like I love watching solid, that guy play. Solid shirt. I have to like the, the 21. It's it's a classic. I mean, a World Cup winner, a Champions League winner, won a billion Serie A, seven Serie A titles, I think. Went to another Champions League final with with Juventus that they lost to the treble winning Barcelona team in 2015. Uh, I mean, he won. He won. Two, two with, Champions with, Leagues with AC Milan, yeah, and lost obviously uh, in yeah. Istanbul. Yeah. So you have to mention that every time. <laughs> had to. You got. I mean, come on. Like, would I even be the Liverpool fan on this podcast if it wasn't going to get that in there? Like, <laughs> like you have to fire me. Well, Andrew, I want you to keep that same that same strength with uh, you know like a bench player for uh, for that night. You're like, oh, or Jersey Dudek. You know, uh, you know, he was played in Istanbul that night. Whatever. <laughs> Yeah. We're happy to have Andrea Pirlo back in our lives in a significant way, even if it's it, on the touchline. If he doesn't manage in a no Pirlo, no party t-shirt at least once, he fucked up. Yeah, I like, mean, that won't happen. He'll be wearing a beautiful Armani suit, and he will look a uh, he will look gorgeous in every, in every he uh, does. game. It, he does look gorgeous in every game. Uh, all right, so we kind of talked about Juventus Lee on there, uh, and we touched a little bit on, on Manchester City, Real Madrid. Uh, I'll, I'll just say this. Do you guys believe that Manchester City can go on and win the whole thing? Like, is this the year? Yeah, I mean, I think we can probably talk about them a little bit more in the preview, right? But I think for this this specific game, I feel like they deserve to win the tie. I think they did enough. They won home sure. and they won away. Um, and I know they didn't dominate Real Madrid completely in this, but this was a very good Real Madrid side that won the title. And um, I thought just thought it was a lot of, really interesting to see a lot of mutual respect um, between the two managers at the end of the game. Um, and they kind of both, you know, Zidane wished Guardiola luck, and Guardiola was like, you know, a lot of respect for winning the league because it's really fucking hard to win the Spanish league right now if you're any team other than Barcelona. So, yeah, just I, I do think that between, obviously it's between City and Bayern, I think, for favorites. I think Barca are a little bit defensively very suspect, and 
nobody really expects them to i mean they have the best player in the world but nobody really expects them well a lot of people are saying it was it's Lewandowski this last year and i think it there's pretty good argument for that possibly um I mean, we can talk about the Chelsea game here. I don't know how much Alex wants to delve into it because obviously there's a big asterisk. You guys didn't have Christian Pulisic, didn't have Espelicueta. We're already down three zero. I'm not. I'm not just saying this to. I mean, I know I make the joke pretty frequently. Like, let's not talk about like the terrible Chelsea loss. Like, I didn't. I felt no emotion towards this game. Like, you, no. Nor did like, I. There was nor a did bad defense. Uh... I was like, when we went down two nil, I was like, okay, that's how I expected this to go. You know, Lewandowski part. was part of uh, all seven of the Bayern goals. He got three goals, three goals and four assists. He now has 53 goals in this uh, season in, I think it's something like 42 appearances, something like that. And uh, he also has six for his country. So he's at 59 goals um, in the 2019-2020 season in all competitions. And yeah, I mean, I think if there was a, this is his best year by far. And I think if there was an argument for him to win Ballon d'Or this year, then uh, it's really unfortunate that they canceled it this year, you know, because the, the guy's it, been unreal. Terrible luck. <laughs> right. The guy has been absolutely unbelievable and he's never gotten in the top three. But I, I assure you, he would have been in the top three this year. And I, I can't really think of a player because I know Messi's been injured a lot. Ronaldo hasn't quite hit his heights that he has in previous seasons. I don't know who you can really argue. I mean, you're wrong. You're wrong. Obviously, Jordan Henderson would have won. Oh, it. right. Yeah, yeah. Jordan Henderson would have won it. Yes, yes, yes. But oh, other but than Jordan Henderson. Too. He got injured, too. Yeah. Um, I, I really do think Lewandowski's done enough. And, and, and the way he's playing right now, the, the fitness levels he has, the creativity, the hold-up play. I mean, I think because of him, I kind of look as Bayern Munich as favorites. Um, even though they, they did end their season you know, over a month and a half ago. I don't know. I just really like the way they play and... and you know, I, we can talk about them more in the in the preview, but I think they're very uh, they're they're big favorites for for the. I mean, they play Barcelona next, so that's going to be a big test. Yeah, but I think if they beat Barca, I think they're 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 probably going to win the whole thing. I mean, fuck fuck it at this point. Like, why don't we just talk about it? You know, we're kind of just doing it all at the same time anyway. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, Barcelona um, get the three one victory over Napoli. I, I just have to say that Messi goal. Yeah, that messy goal. That messy I've goal. Watched, I've watched that goal no less so than many 15 times. times. Oh, me too. <laughs> I don't know how he did it. Like, like, how? How did he get that much power onto that shot to, like, beat the keeper while he's, like, on the ground? It doesn't It doesn't make sense. But, but that's like, Lionel Messi. I mean, we've seen him score, what, 50 goals like that in his career? It's just, like, you see it and you go, yeah, that's messy. I mean, like, it's it's unbelievable. Any other player in the world does that and you go, wow, it's probably the best goal they've ever scored in their career, like, in the top two or three. Messi does it and it's, I don't think that makes his top ten, like, <laughs> which is insane. But, I mean, it probably does. It probably does. But that, that goal was fucking unbelievable. Um, I thought Napoli just kind of shot themselves in the foot in this one. I thought that they were a little bit too open to start this game and being down 2-0 23 minutes in giving up that penalty. I mean, I feel like they 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 could have done more in this game, but the I, I mean, Gattuso is a great manager. I think he's going to he's going to do well next year with with Napoli and I think it was a little too soon for them. You know, I know that you had high hopes for them and kind of called them as your dark horse. You said some bullshit about them winning the Champions League, which yeah, I, I just laughed threw it at. out there cuz Barcelona and I stand by it. Barcelona have been 
pretty shit pretty consistently against war- way worse teams than Napoli. Like, I know Napoli are Yeah, but Napoli played in fucking but, Italy. Exactly. Like, come on, man. Like, yeah. but at the like same time, Real Napoli Betis are probably better than Napoli. scalps in Italy Napoli. as well, even in a down season for them. So I thought in one game, all they need is a 1-1 or a 2-2 at least. They, I mean, it, it was just before halftime, they got the penalty to make it 3-1. And then they literally missed, I think it was Mertens uh, missed a point blank chance right when they were about to uh, blow the whistle for halftime. And, you know, everyone on the Barcelona bench was absolutely shitting themselves. And it was everyone was thinking, oh, OK, game on again. And the fact that we're thinking about or I even thought that way and it seemed like others were uh, going into halftime with Barcelona up 3-1 just kind of sums up. The fragile state that you know that everyone kind of considers them in, and it well, so they're playing like Bayern their Munich. Own club feels that way. I but think yeah, we all like the, are the we death all side of the the yeah. Are the we all thinking is. Bayern are going to take Barcelona's scalp here? I mean, but we we've, we've thought that so many times before in previous iterations of uh, big clubs around Europe, and then when they've faced Lionel Messi, you know, just certain players haven't quite like met the standard, like. Remember when everyone thought Jerome Boateng was like a world-class center back? And, and then, then he got destroyed Camp by Messi, yeah. got torn to pieces? Like, that could still happen in this in this uh, semifinal. I'm not, I'm not predicting it to happen, but, you know, it's it's all good looking good against Chelsea. Probably I will one of say, the worst defensive teams in England. Well, no, I was going to say, I will say that that Callum Hudson-Odoi goal that was chalked off for offside for Tammy Abraham, as well as the Tammy Abraham goal, um, they were both nice goals, but... I think you can see a little bit of weakness in Byron's back well, line. That side, the right side of, the, of Byron's back line is the I'm left not, side. I'm, also, oh, Neuer. Yes. Yes. Also, yes. Neuer. Neuer's yes. not who he. Not Neuer's not a top three goalkeeper in the world anymore. I don't think so. I think I don't there's. Think he's, I don't think he's top five. But I'll say this: like the the left Alex nailed it. The, the left side of of Byron's defense, like. Look, I love watch, watching Alfonso Davies play, but the man is a wingback. He is not a fullback. He is but, now going. He to could have, do well as well. I don't. I'm not saying like this is where he, Alfonso Davies like the hype train stops. I don't think that. I think he I don't just think the as hype train could stops. Raise his game and have a great duel with Messi coming off that right wing. But there's, uh, it's a lot to consider. I mean, it's why everyone absolutely should watch this one. If you watch any semifinal, you know, take work off early Friday and and watch this one. Yeah, and then David Allen. Look, I love David Alba as well. Like, uh, I think he's a very good defender, but he, you know, has been put into the center back position. It wasn't initially where he started his career. He's getting pushed inside. I, I think that's one to watch too. Nico so, Kovac playing FIFA. Yeah, playing playing I mean, Alba at center back. He did it for like half of the year. <laughs> yeah, at, I know. At Bayern. But so I just remember for years we'd always put. Why Nico Kovac? Oh, that's yeah, a, it's not Nico Kovac. Oh, it's not Hans Nico Kovac. Ah, Hans yeah. Flick. Yeah, playing, playing, playing FIFA, playing uh, David Alba at center back. We did that for but many he's years. Great and then, there. He's I know, I know. There. But it's just it's funny that he ended up there after so many years of everyone always putting him there because there was never a left footed center Lucas back. Hernandez and Sewell is back and came on as a sub. Like right, right. But if Bayern don't win it this year. I just don't see how Barca are going to stop upset. Lewandowski. I know he's going to score at least two goals in that in that game. And Barca are going to have to win like 3-2 or 4-3 or something ridiculous like that because there's not going to be any stopping that guy. And No, I, I think it's more so out in the wings, which is where Bayern have the advantage. Like in midfield, it's it, it could be kind of... Uh, it could be kind of even. Griezmann did come back in this game from injury and people thought he wasn't going to play in the tie and... 
he's back. So I, 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 I don't mean, know. Like, that... Defensively as well. Like who's who like Jordi Alba at left center back and Nelson Semedo or sorry, at left wing back and Nelson Semedo at right wing back. Like they're good players, but right now Davies and and uh, uh, Pavard on the on the right, or uh, I can't remember, they rotated a bit for the Chelsea game, but Kimmich can play there as well. And you combine that with uh, Komen. Kimmich has been a monster in the Nabry. midfield for them this season. Yeah. yeah He's been playing Komen, center Nabry, defensive Perisic, mid. Uh, and even the Coutinho, can, I guess. Yeah, Coutinho can play in this game, can he? Even though he's on loan. Yeah. Maybe, it's the, maybe it's the random Coutinho uh, FU no, game. No, he might. He might. I don't know if he can play in this game. I'd he have can. To look at the I think content. he can. Thibaut Courtois played against us in a Champions League quarterfinal like six years ago. I'm guessing Coutinho can for Bayern. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I kind of love the Bayern. I love Bayern's offense to score like three goals on this Barcelona team. Like I would almost cont- consider taking the over three, three and a half goals in this game if we're being straight up. Like I, I just think that this Barca team is as this Barca team reminds me of to some extent Argentina over the last you know major European tournaments with with Lionel Messi like he's dragging them as far as they can go and just right now the one one difference is Ter Stegen he's a top three goalkeeper in the world he's he's still been phenomenal maybe he's probably best yeah maybe even the best he's kept them from lots of humiliations this season and probably saved a lot of points for them that they didn't deserve um and Langlet was out injured for a long period of the season. Him being back um, as their first choice center back, they were having to play him Titi, who is not their first choice anymore. He's he's not been the player his that he was pre the World Cup. His career might be over. Yeah, he's he still hasn't gotten his surgery that people have been calling out for for the last two years. And um, I think having Langlet back, um, having most of the team healthy again. I don't know. As I think we'll see a little on, bit of a different on. Barca side as, here. As much as you want to say most of the team healthy, fucking Conrad De La Fuente, the American kid who just signed with Barcelona, was on the bench for their game against Napoli. After once you get through that, they're like they're big. They're they're starting eleven. They have no one on the bench. Like, and it, it's yeah, Usman like, Dembele being out is you know the one option that they I'm sure they wish they could and, have in this game. And Arthur. Jetting off for Brazil right. once that deal got made. Arthur just yeah. fucking going mutiny. Yeah, yeah. They, there's definitely like, and people are calling for for you know the manager's head and I don't know. There's there's obviously a lot of problems at Barcelona still. The, this the only like senior player that I would trust on the Barcelona bench is their backup goalkeeper. All right, I want, Ju- I, want uh, I want predictions. I want predictions. I predictions. Three one Bayern. I'm gonna go three two Bayern. Three two Bayern. Uh, yeah, two one Bayern, okay. a little bit less. So high we're all scoring. going Bayern, all which right. means you know Lionel Messi is just gonna. It's just gonna destroy just gonna them, and it's gonna be it right up. Us. Right, four two Barcelona. Right. Um, I mean that's what that's what he does in these situations usually. I feel like I feel like these other three Champions League games are not. I think this was the big one, right? That we wanted to talk about a lot. I think. Well, yeah, I mean, we're looking big. at the Atalanta PSG game. I think. I think no, that's, Alex, that's, is gonna, that's Alex is going to talk about his Atalanta game. That's like I'm the so second most interesting that. one. But just real that quick is... before we completely abandon the Bayern-Barcelona game. I, obviously, Barcelona getting to a Champions League semifinal would still be great, and they have a worldwide fan base, and it wouldn't be disappointing per se. But I think everyone is kind of looking for this Manchester City-Bayern Munich semifinal, but we kind of don't fully trust either team yet to like not fuck it up. <laughs> But in a perfect world, this year, this season, we want to see this Manchester City team versus this Bayern Munich team because that would be, 
like a five, a four three. I don't know. It would be like very high scoring, crazy game. Hammer the over. I, that's what I want to see, and it's not out of it hate for Lyon or Barcelona. It's just those two teams. The the matchup would just be perfect. So don't fuck it up, Byron. Don't fuck it up. Well, we can briefly talk about that city, Leon. Does anyone give Leon a prayer? I, I, I give him I a don't. prayer. Have to. You have to. They, I, Norwich beat City. <laughs> but but City have been gunning for this all season. We know that this is what they want. They 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 think that this is their year to win the Champions League. Um, and their their back line is is super inconsistent. That's like, that's fair. I think that's where you still can't, you know, you you can't put. But I don't think Lyon have the the offensive firepower to score more than a goal, uh, maybe two. But they haven't been banging in the goals, and you know they weren't anything close to winning the title this year. So I'm and and you know they haven't played in God knows how long. They've just been playing friendlies and. Hey, we said that going into the Juventus game, and look how that. Yeah, they lost. Uh, I mean, they they lost that out. game, but they, you know. Just they went got through on away goals. Though. Yeah. They got, they got the their result. penalty goal, but I mean, it, they, they squeaked by Juventus. And I think that this Manchester City side is very much superior to this to that Juventus side and, you know, doesn't have a bunch of aging players. So can, I'm, can, I'm going to say. The big question is can Manchester, can Memphis Depay for once make the red side of I'm going to say 4 1 Man City. Like, I'm, I think it's going to be a blowout. I oh, think, okay. I think that's, that's a pretty. I think that's a, a, a decent shout. Uh, I will say, if I do watch this, I'm probably going to watch this game. Uh, Husam Aour, uh, they're like midfielder who like everybody was like, oh, this guy's going to like, I know Liverpool have been linked to him. I think even City have been linked to him. City, Chelsea, I, everyone has. Arsenal, yeah, yeah. yeah. We all want yeah. him. Everybody wants him. So uh, I am looking at this Leon team and like, you know, th- th- this isn't the Leon of a couple years ago where it's like, uh, there's a bunch of players who I want on this team. I mean, they didn't sign. They didn't start Musa Dembele. They didn't start um, Tiago Mendes. Is pretty decent in midfield, but oh boy, yeah. I've got I've got a narrative for you. Well, just before we jump ahead, what if this is the Jason Denier revenge We're, game? I mean, that's really what it is. <laughs> if we're being honest, that's really he's, what it he's is. got awful. I, I just really doubt I it. just I just their wingbacks. I just don't see how you stop you know Raheem Sterling. And Kevin De Bruyne and Gabriel Jesus right now. I just I don't see it. I think uh, those they've been playing now together without Aguero. They've been knowing that they're not going to have Aguero, and it feels like they've been growing chemistry little by little. Um, and they City ended the season really well, even though they didn't have that much to play for, um, other than their Champions League lo- or FA Cup loss to Arsenal. Like they, I feel like they ended the season really really well and in, in high octane, and scoring a shitload of goals. And Kevin De Bruyne is. Uh, I think he's, you know, in the top three, top two players in the world right now. So I think when you have that good of a player right now, I don't think a team like Leon's going to be able to stop him. So I think this will be the Kevin De Bruyne show, and he's going to get like a goal and a couple of assists. And I think it's going to be an easy win for City. But if you guys want to want to argue something else, let's hear it. No, no, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll stick to like a a three-one or maybe a three-nil Manchester City. I go. I would go three-nil. Let's jump to. Let's jump to Atalanta PSG, um, a true David versus Goliath, uh, especially in terms of payroll. Well, Atalanta uh, scored, what, 93 goals in Serie A this year? I mean, I know it's Serie A, but they've... Make that didn't, the third Alex, straight that year they've led Third straight Syria year that they've scoring. led Serie A in scoring, and, I mean, they're they, they're going to score on PSG. I think that's a... But, to be, to be fair, they were 
god awful in that last game of the season um, that they played against Inter Milan, and you know I don't know if it was because they were saving themselves for this PSG game, thinking that they didn't want to get hurt, um, and they fancy their chances against PSG, but. I don't know. I haven't been that impressed with Antalanta and their end of the season um, because they really should have finished second. They didn't. And I know they score boatloads of goals, but they almost concede in every game, too. So you can't really see them not conceding, you know, at least a couple of goals to this PSG side. I think it's going to be a high scoring game. I think it'll be a fun game. Yeah, the biggest thing going in their favor is that, you know, Kylian Mbappe has been rumored to maybe be back. Uh, on the bench, tomorrow. according but, to reports. Yeah, I mean, I read today that they were going to see how he trained in practice today and make a decision then. And I guess if that decision is have him on the bench, then fine. But he, he sprained lim- ligament damage in his ankle less than three weeks ago, and they quoted it three weeks for him to be I wouldn't ready. risk him. I wouldn't risk I him wouldn't in this either. game. I would, if, I would just if, ride with Neymar and say, hey, we paid 200-something right, million Neymar, for you. Neymar, Icardi, Di Maria. Game playoff. Right. I mean, they've they've got plenty of attacking players. I think Cavani's still there, right? I mean, they've they've got plenty of attacking talent. Um, I, I I really like their midfield. I think that's the biggest place that PSG has improved this season. Um, you know, bringing in Ander Herrera and Idris Gay, and I think that's that's where you're going to see the big improvement um, in their you know ball possession. And I know Atalanta like to play with the ball, like to pass out the back. And I think that players like Di Maria and like Neymar are very, very dangerous against teams that like to pass out the back. Um, and then under Herrera, Idris Gay, you know, very good pressing players. So I think I think it's going to be a, a high scoring game. But I, I think PSG are going to win like three one. I don't think it's going to be. It might be close at the beginning, and they're you know maybe even Atalanta score first and catch PSG off guard, but. I think, again, PSG probably fancy themselves to get to the final. They probably are looking at the bracket and going, got to beat Atalanta, got to probably beat this Atletico Madrid team, and then they're in the final, and who knows what happens then. So well, That's exactly when they shit the bed. So I'm picking Atalanta to win this game 100%. I literally am not even thinking about it like a second time. It's, it's Atalanta. They've been doing this. This team has been together and has had this identity and knows what their roles have been for at least three years now. The entire time you've seen them just, you know, rack up boatloads of goals, albeit in Syria, they don't have any fear. And I, I, I just I, I like their like continuity and their chemistry a whole lot more than what I think of uh, PSG right now. And, you know, the Mbappe injury, I, I think with him, I definitely would would have picked uh, PSG. I would I would have still think it would be close. But, you know, without him, I've just seen Neymar roll over and, you know, not take the responsibility and shit the bed when he's had this PSG team to himself and all the expectations are there. And I, I, I'm just not willing to bet on him right now. And I'm willing to ride with my boys. I, I think if uh, RB Leipzig pull off what probably looks like the impossible in the other semifinal, and it ends up being an Atalanta-RB Leipzig semifinal. Atalanta are going to the final, man. I don't know what else to tell you guys, but uh, if they get Atletico Madrid, that's when I'll Atalanta are like, not going to the final, No, okay, and so PSG is going to win this game. What I wanted to mention about that Inter game you mentioned was that, you know, you know they weren't, neither team was going for the title. They were just going for second loser, or first loser, I guess. And who's going to be first loser? Who's going to be second loser? And Inter's team selection and overall tactics help them to, you know, deal with a very attacking side like Atalanta and just simply pick them off on the counter. And it went pretty much to plan in that way. You know, you're not going to have that issue with PSG. Tuchel's have, Tuchel is going to have them trying to do exactly 
what Atalanta are trying to do. And frankly, I just don't think they're as well drilled in it right now as uh, Atalanta are. You know, you know, obviously, the Neymar factor is looming large. He can make me look like an asshole like Messi did last week. I'm willing to accept that. But I'm uh, I'm going to stick with my boys Atalanta until then. I'm going to say 3-2. Uh, 3-2 Atalanta. Uh, Leon are the biggest underdog going into this week's matches, right? The plus 1,000. Atalanta at plus 260 are the second biggest underdogs. I don't know why FanDuel is letting you bid on the tie, uh, seeing as these games can't tie. That, that's very weird to me. But Maybe it's just for uh, it to end as a tie and go to penalties? I would assume. I, does this go straight to penalties, or do we do overtime or do I'm, extra time? I'm, I'm guessing overtime, you know. I feel like they have to give us extra time. That would just be bullshit if they didn't. Um, I'm going to take PSG 2-1. Uh, no, 3-2. 3-2 PSG. Okay. Uh, and that brings us to Leipzig Atletico Madrid, a game that uh, I really don't know how to predict because obviously Leipzig's biggest player who helped get them here uh, is currently training in London with uh, Alex's uh, Chelsea. So I'm hearing good things too. He's putting he's putting uh, all of his finishes in the top bins. Oh, he's shocking! Doing a shocking! Job. He's scoring a bunch of goals against Kepa in training. I mean, is that yes. really that surprising anymore? Yes, exactly. It, no, I mean. It has a huge effect on this uh, Champions League game. I'm actually really interested to see whether Nagelsmann changes the approach a little bit, you know, without your without your goal score. I think this game's going to be boring as shit. I think it's going to be like Nagelsmann's going to be like, let's not lose. Let's try to nick a goal on the counterattack. And, you know, Simeone, Simeone. So he's going to. You know, sit back and relax, and no, that I, doesn't I, th- happen I think I've let it go. We're gonna teams play each other, and also yeah, that's fair. Isn't like a, he isn't normally a defensive guy. He's just inherited this defensive team that he's slowly trying to shift to his way of football. But I think without Timo Werner, you know what is it? Patrick Schick is going to be their striker. Yeah, and they don't have uh, the pace up front anymore, so they can't Yusuf really counterattack. I mean, there's and just Kunku. there's and Kunku, Kunku could be yeah. a good weapon. He's been really great on like- counterattack for them. I like Danny Olmo, but like he's not really a striker. He's more of like you know. Honestly, I like what Atletico Madrid 10. have showed me the last you know seven or eight games of the season, where a lot of people were calling them for not to make Champions League, but they made it pretty comfortably in the end, um, and they pretty much won almost all their last you know few games, and they beat Barcelona or they drew Barcelona or beat them. I don't remember, but they had a lot of really good results, um, where you know they finish out the season really strong, even without Diego Costa, and. Diego yeah, Costa I, played the last game of the season. Okay, but I'm saying he hasn't been playing well. Like he hasn't been That's scoring fair. goals. He's gone. He's just kind of gone missing for them. And you know, I, I think what does do we know if Joao Felix is going to play in this game? I mean, because I know he the, was he was on the bench in their last game against. Uh, okay, so probably, but, but like he may not start. Like he, he may not start. He, yeah. He, he was on the bench in their last game against Soci- uh, events, uh, I think it was against Sociedad, but if like if he proved anything, it's that he's still not necessarily ready to play in the style that Atletico played this year. Like he didn't come in and just like you know score 15 goals or you know create 20 goals like we all kind of anticipated him to. But it, it is a big step from Portugal to. La Liga, and it's a big step from Benfica, who, by the way, signed Edison Cavani while we've been off, just randomly throwing that out. Benfica uh, signed Cavani? Yeah, on a free. Oh, wow. I, I wonder if he'll uh, jeopardize that by uh, playing in Champions League. Could be sure, to he wants about. to win a Champions League title, so... 
I, I, I'm, I'm going to say his leg and doesn't get paid. I'm going to say one nil Atletico. I yeah. think it's going to be a, a tight. <laughs> I think like two nil, two nil okay. Atletico. Uh, yeah, this is this is not. Do not show your friend who's never watched soccer before this game. That's all I'll say. Hey, I'll I'll pay attention to it and I'll report back. I'm actually interested to see you know what Werner leaving does to give us a glimpse of what you know RB Leipzig's future is. So I'm sure they're going to buy someone me. to replace him. I guarantee that they're not going to just go into next season because Patrick Schick was on loan. He's going back to Roma, so I don't think that they're going to just go yeah. into go going, in with use of Polson. They're going Poulsen. to buy him. They're, they're going yeah. to buy him. The Roma first. Apparently, of all, Roma want to keep him. Well, they're really they, good. So though yeah. apparently they want to keep him. So I don't I don't know if that's going to yeah, be an option. Roma's getting sold right now. I'm sure that if the right offer comes in, he will go get sold. Um, we'll we'll do a quick Europa League catch up. Inter Milan move on against Bayer Leverkusen. Kai Havertz scoring in potentially his last performance for Leverkusen. Still unsure if he's going to end up at Chelsea L- or not. Lukaku scored in nine straight games now in, uh, for Inter Milan in the Europa League. It's pretty impressive. Uh, Manchester United uh, go to extra time against Copenhagen and win 1-0 on a Bruno Fernandes penalty. They're 21st, I repeat, 21st penalty of the year. Um, it was a sto- it was a penalty though. It was a penalty. Was, to be yeah. fair to them, no one's saying and it wasn't. They the, just have the, a lot of penalties. The Copenhagen keeper was pretty monstrous. They hit the post twice. I think United deserved to win, but Copenhagen were a lot better than I thought. Um, uh, Shakhtar Donetsk uh, rock Basel four one, and then Sevilla uh, beat Wolves today. Uh, Ocampo scoring in the eighty eighth. That's 1-0. Um, and Sevilla, I, I saw this on Reddit. Um, Sevilla have now won 24 of their last 25 Europa League knockout progressions, including finals, 25 different opponents. Slavia Prague is the only side to stop them. Um, this run started in August of 2013. They, uh, they, win, they win a lot when they're in the Europa League. They're usually in the Champions League. you know. And then they drop down. And then they drop down and they just destroy in Europa. The two games that I really want to talk about from that Europa, just briefly, I thought the Inter Milan Leverkusen game was pretty good. I mean, it, it had a lot of promise. It was two one twenty five minutes in, and then. But Anthony um, Taylor came in and took a big, hefty yeah. shit on it again. I can't right. believe not only is he refereeing FA Cup finals to revisit this, he's, but he's he's, yeah. he's representing the the English FA as one of their best officials to be. I guess it's Europa League, so not one of the best, but you know. Right. Get it, Alex. Um, You're still mad. I'll ignore that. But um, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. Nico, I want to mention a couple of players. Nico Barella for Inter Milan was phenomenal in the midfield. He scored um, a goal for them. Easily could have gotten a couple more. I thought he was all over the place in this game. He's definitely a player to watch for the future. I think he's like 22 or 23. Um, Inter just signed him this year, and you know he really came into his own in the second half of the season. And um, his connection with Lukaku was was really impressive. So I would look at that. Um, and They're then, also rumored to to sign that kid Tonali, who's really young and really good. He's supposed to be like the next Pirlo. Uh, you're right, Borelli. Uh, Barella is 23, by the way. Yeah. Um, and then the other other you know set, uh, quarterfinal that I thought was really interesting was the Sevilla Wolves, who I think for the first 25 30 minutes it, you know, it kind of looked like an even game, but Wolves were just not at it in the second half, and Sevilla pretty much had. I think it was in the second half they had like eighty percent of the ball or something. Like Wolves barely touched the fucking ball, and Sevilla could have easily won this, you know, two or three nil. 
Um, I think they deserve to win the tie overall. And, um, you know, they're a pretty scary possession side. I think they, they keep the ball really well. They create chances and they, they kind of have you some mentioned good... the, the, the quarter or the semifinals. The yeah, no, well, we can we can go there. Uh, Sevilla versus Manchester United. I mean, that that's going to be a fun one. I think that uh, that's going to be hard to call. I, I... <sighs> yeah, it's happening. It, they've got a little bit less than a week to prepare for it. Both teams, basically. Sevilla United is on Sunday, 3 p.m., uh, after the uh, day after those Champions League games finish up. Uh, yeah, that really could go either way. It really, it's, especially with the one-game format. Like, two games, you'd probably lean towards United if you gave them home and away. Um, but, you know, one-game playoff, it's it's really anyone's. Um, and I think, I, I, I think United having Champions League... I know. I don't know how big of a factor that's going to be. No, but I think Ole Sevilla wants to win a trophy. Ole's gonna want to win a trophy. Oh, Sevilla! Sevilla got Champions League too. Never mind. Especially okay. Especially with everything going on right now. And yeah. People, you know, the the half of you know. There's, first of all, if you're a United fan, you don't believe in Ole Gunnar Solskjaer right now. You're a fucking idiot. But um, he's gonna want to. Let me try point to out, s- they had the same amount cement. of points last season as this season. So, while they did make a, you know. A bunch of signings, and they looked better in the second half of the year. They really well, did they, not no, no, improve they, on last year. Well, they could have improved if they'd signed Bruno Fernandez, you know, in the summer when That's they were fair. supposed to. Right. That's fair. But yeah. Um, but I would say that if he wins this tournament, then yeah, I, I'm going to be in on Ole. But I mean, I'm, I'm not. I'm obviously they're going to give him another year. But I think that getting in the Champions League was big for them. But a club like Manchester United, who spends 200 million, you know, every summer. Th- Getting sixty-three or whatever points they did to get into the Champions League—that—that's not enough for a club like Manchester United, and they need to be winning trophies, like you said. I—I I, want to give them the edge in this, just stylistically, because. Give me Sevilla. Feed me Sevilla. I think Sevilla are the better team. I think Sevilla are the better team. Like and overall, you, they United? play better together. Yeah, I think United are a little bit more just individualistic in terms of, you know, they just play on the counter, feed Sevilla balls into Greenwood, Martial, right Rashford. Wow, okay, they're big favorites. Um, no, they're big underdogs. Oh, plus 210, sorry, okay. Plus, yeah, Sevilla uh, yeah, plus 210. Then two. hammer on Sevilla then. If they're underdogs, definitely go for them. I mean, you can get decent odds on both sides of this. You got Sevilla plus 210 and United at plus 135. Like, the, the, either of those are decent bets, but I, I love Sevilla at plus 210. Didn't you throw out a bet last week when we were talking about the Juve Leon game that bet Juventus to get a penalty, and obviously it came through? But why aren't we just saying that, like in betting mentions for every Manchester United game? Like seriously, I'm not. Now I'm not even criticizing them. Now I'm just saying, you know, just try and make money off that. Just if you bet every single game on United to have a penalty or score a penalty or something, you're going to make money on that in the long run. <laughs> like you would have this season, of course. Um, yeah, I, I, I'll I'll lean towards United and say they're going to win. I'm actually, I'm actually actually really really anxious for Inter Milan against Shakhtar because Shakhtar have just been wiping the floor with everyone they faced in Europa League this year and some Champions League games as well. They were yo, Man United is at plus five hundred to score a penalty in this game. Yeah, okay, please sign me up for that. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, Inter no, that, that, that's worth mentioning. Yeah, it, go ahead Inter and hammer that. Inter have been on a tear, though. Inter, Inter have been have, on a tear. But Shakhtar, uh, and I don't know have, who has Shakhtar played Shakhtar in, in right Europa. Now? No, I, I know, know that they're good. Okay, I, but so they're, 
They're a Champions League team who always drops to Europa. Like, or sometimes they get to like the the they do. So they usually get out of the, the group stage. Actually, to be fair to them, yeah. in Champions League, and then they usually drop out in the round of sixteen or in the round of eight. Like they this never make they, it to the semis. This year they choked uh, away and let Atalanta sneak up and and get that second spot in their Champions League group with uh, City and um, who was it? Uh, Zagreb, Dinamo Zagreb, uh, which turned out to be like a kind of entertaining group, kind of a weird group. Um, they've just been pretty much flawless since then in Europa League. And, you know, they haven't had like any heavyweights. Uh, this is probably the biggest team they uh, will have faced. I, I just, I, I feel like if you're just penciling an Inter, don't be surprised if they really let you down because they've done it plenty of times this season. They've thrown away 3-1 three, three leads, 2-0 uh, leads. They, they're they not as solid defensively as Conte would like before, them to be. Before but. that goal they conceded, though, to Kai Havertz, and it was kind of a kind of like a sloppy goal, but they hadn't conceded. It was something like 500 minutes of gameplay, and I don't know. They, they've been monsters in, in Europa as well, so I think this is going to be another fun one. Um, I'm going to say 2-1 Inter. I, I know that's Shakhtar, but like Antonio Conte is, I think, just like He's good enough of a manager where I think he's gonna he, he's gonna put his brain into this and I'm gonna and, say and come out of victory. Wow. Okay. <laughs> three one. Going Shaktar. against your Inter, Alex. Ju- wow. Junior Marias is like on absolute you, tear right now, and then you they go have a bunch for your Atalanta, but not for your Inter Milan. Made the What's Euros? going on? Here, What's going well, here's on? the thing, dude. Inter Milan haven't won anything since 2011. It's this time. Seen- it's time. I know, but there is there is like a lot of choke artists. That have come through this team for a while now. Would you pick and Inter to beat either Sevilla or Manchester United in the final? Because I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I, if they, if they go out and convincing of these Chakra, then yes. But if not, if it like if it's like a scrappy two-two where they go to penalties, win. they're not going to kill Shakhtar. It's going to be really close if they beat them. Romelu I, I Lukaku, think Shakhtar have a better chance of blowing out Inter than Inter have of Romelu blowing Lukaku out Shakhtar. has scored over thirty goals now in this season for the first time since he was on Everton, and I think that's. Uh, I don't know. He's one to watch in this one. Ashley Young's playing really well. But he's never faced Ukrainian national goalkeeper Andrei Piatov before. Sure. The 36-year-old journeyman. Uh, actually, that makes me think he probably has at one point or another for England. In well, he's been in, Sha- he's been in Ukraine for most of the time. So, yeah, maybe. Maybe in Champions League <laughs> or something. But uh. All right. Uh, before we wrap things up, we're going a little long today. A few transfer news. Uh... Pierre uh, Emil Hoiberg to Spurs and Kyle Walker Peters both done uh, separate deals. Kyle Walker Peters playing for Southampton all last year. I feel like that's a pretty smart deal for them. Uh, Hoiberg, does he improve Spurs midfield enough? Is really the question. Don't really get that one. No, that's just Mourinho putting his stamp on the team. You know, Hoiberg, sure. everything that he brings. Uh, everything great that you hear about him uh, from every club he's ever been at. I guess he been, was at Bayern before this, but... Yeah, he uh, came through at Bayern. He yeah. did. But everything you hear about him is that he's like the greatest chemistry guy, greatest leader in the locker room uh, that you so could, he's a glue you could guy. ever ask for. He, I mean, yeah, he's he's one to help build He's your culture. Jordan Henderson. Exactly. Hey, or James hey, Milner. How about put, James Milner? Put, James Milner is a better one. James Milner has the most assists ever in a Champions League campaign, and Jordan Henderson just won Player of the Year in England. Wait, he, whoa, whoa, whoa. he won. He won like he won the like football writers, the writers, player of the some year. worthless Player of the Year. <laughs> Don't try to play. It he has like not that. won Player of the Year yet. 
they better not give it to him or I'll fucking murder them. You goddamn know it well Kevin that all the international right. players in England are not picking Jordan Henderson as their player of the year. It's going to be Kevin De Bruyne. I just, I even, I, I don't even believe myself. I just had to get it out there. Um, and speaking of Liverpool, they signed their backup left back, Costa Smikas, uh from Olympiacos, 11.7 million pounds. They moved on from Jamal Lewis, who was one of their targets. Then left, uh, Watch left Klopp back turn Norwich. this guy into the next Robertson. Like, I'm, I'm scared. I'm scared, man. I'd be man. about it. Uh, he played well in the Europa League. Apparently played well. Um, it, like, he grew up Champions a Liverpool League. fan. Yeah, they he's good in Champions League. They were in the group stage with Tottenham and Bayern Munich earlier this year. Uh, loves, Dick Dust down in the uh, has, Europa League. Has a uh, has a good cross crossing ability. Um, kind of a which, kind of a which, bastard. I don't know about that, but no, uh, no, he is. He's like Greek he fouls a lot. Are kind of a bastard. Just, right, he's kind of a bastard. He's he's kind of a mean player. Gets some red cards, but I think that's 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 the type of player Klopp wants. He's got a lot of spirit. He can press a lot. I don't know. Hey, we'd, he we'd works really hard. We did. I did. I was funny because I was went looking for how to pronounce this guy's name before we did the pod, and like the first video I came up, it's like, if Andy Robertson played this well this past year without competition at left back, how good is he going to play next year? And well, no, you guys need to start learning how to I mean, sort of this rein is, those this players in a little bit. This is Liverpool's first more. signing in two years, right? Like they didn't sign anyone last summer. No, Minamino. Come on. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, okay, sure. I'm and saying summer signing. Amount. Summer signing. They didn't yeah. sign anyone in the last summer last year. I mean, they they this is their kids, first. Yeah. These, these, right. these signings, I know they don't seem like a big deal, but low-key, these little, uh, not the big money ones, the role player signings that you make when you're at the top are strangely, like, really, really important because it's not, it's not only... It's not just about how that player individually plays and whether they're good enough, though that is a big part of it, but it's also about how Klopp manages to sort of shift the mindset of the team of, uh, you, you know, you, you have to play every game at 100% to those first team players to, if we're going to challenge on three or four fronts, we can't play Andrew Robertson and especially him, he's a bit older than Trent Alexander-Arnold. We can't play those two in every single game and we still need to keep some level of uh, of creativity from those areas because we're so dependent on it when those guys aren't playing. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see how good he actually is once uh, he's surrounded by far better players than when he was at Olympiacos. Right, Robertson's still 26, but yeah, no, I, I agree with you, Alex. And, and also, too, we see this with, you know, in the NBA all the time. It's like, okay, cool, you know, you can have LeBron, Wade, and, and Bosh, but if you don't have the rest of the guys to fill out the bench and play well around them, like, you still need talent. You still need guys to push those guys and practice every single day. Uh, the other, the only other thing I'm hearing with Liverpool transfer news is just that uh, Zerdin Shakiri, Divac Origi, uh, Grich, and Harry Wilson are, are all listed as expendable this season, this summer. They could go, and that could be how Liverpool attempt to bring in Thiago, or as uh, Saar has been referenced by reliable Liverpool journalists. So, uh, Apparently I, Crystal I, Palace really want him, which that would be pretty interesting if they have Zaha and Saar on, on the wings. But... I, I don't see him going to want to be on Liverpool's bench. I see him wanting to start winning week in week out. He probably wants to make a little bit of a you know middle 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 of the table club move. If he succeeds there, then I could see Liverpool coming to get him in a couple of years down the line. But yeah, I don't I mean, see him just wanting Watford. to be. He's worth yeah, thirty million at Watford though. Like yeah. it, that's the thing is though, if he goes to Palace, they're going to do the same thing they're doing with Zaha right now. Where they're like, fine, we want eighty for him. You know, like. It, that's the. We'll see what happens with that one. Um, and then the other news that I had on my sheet 
was uh, Manchester, uh, Real Madrid related, actually, and that's that Martin Odegaard, the the kid that they signed when he was like 15, the the Norwegian wonderkind, the other one, um, FIFA was, God. Yeah, he was on loan at. Uh, Real Sociedad played really well. Um, him and Danny Ceballos are both going back to, to Real Madrid, and Zidane wants to evaluate things. Now, I have read that Zidane wasn't a big fan of Ceballos, um, so this could just be a ploy to try to get Arsenal to pay through the nose for him. How much would you be willing to pay for Danny Ceballos to return I mean, what to I've, Arsenal? What I've heard the, the figure that they want is, I mean, they don't want him, so I, I've heard 30 million euros is the is where it's going to be at. Um, you know, 25 million pounds, 30 million euros. And, you know, I, I, I think we should go and pay that right now um, because I think that if we loan him for another year, which would, I think is what we've been trying to do, is have him for another year loan with an obligation to buy for that price. Um, I mean, I wouldn't mind either way, but I think if we don't have the obligation to buy and he plays really well like he did in the second half, in like since the restart for us, his price tag could go up. So um, I think... Uh, and, and there's going to be other teams sharking for him if he continues playing well for us in another year on loan. So I would I would go and spend that money on him. Um, there's still a lot of rumors of Thomas Partey, and you know I don't know if that's going to happen. I would love for it to happen, but um, we're going to have to sell a few players. I think if that's going to happen. Speaking and of Arsenal, I think lay off 50 more staff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apparently that was we fired just, all that was just scouts. for Willian, right? You had to you had to lay off yeah. all those staff to get Willian. No, Willian, Willian's Willian's just a cheap hundred thousand dollar a week deal with a lot of incentives. You know, he'll he'll be a good veteran for us. Get some goals. He'll fuck up Chelsea a couple times. You know, he's gonna play his his, his heart out against Chelsea in every game. So, uh, well, him. mainly Tottenham, and Tottenham will really yeah, be where you he forget he hates Tottenham. That's probably the main yeah. reason you're signing him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, and then the other news was David Silva to Lazio, uh, assuming after the Champions League run ends for Manchester City, uh, is the team that's being linked for David Silva, which David Silva on a team with goal machine, Chiro Mobile, and Liverpool failure, Luis Alberto. is. Uh, well, what if he's the Luis Alberto replacement for a couple seasons? Uh I haven't heard any rumors, but you know, I wouldn't be yeah, surprised if someone came in for Milinkovic Savic. Probably is the player that's more likely to leave from that midfield. But yes, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, so Javier, you're you're happy with Willian to Arsenal? Just want to get you on record. You're happy about it? No, Alex. There's there's no one on the Arsenal sub who's rejoicing that Willian is uh, joining our team. But I think what because all the other Chelsea signings uh, have gone so well for you guys, right? You know, David Luiz, right. David Luiz, that's it. Check uh, wasn't bad for us. He, he was oh, he was Arsenal. your one. Se- that's your unfair. One signing, and then you didn't win the league, and you guys, you know, complained okay, that you well, lost. Well, that was so. awful. But um, Arsenal, Chelsea that wasn't Peter Check's fault. Goal. But Arsenal, I think Willian transfers only go well the other way when they go from yeah, Arsenal. Yeah, William William did have his best statistical season for Chelsea this last year. He had nine goals and seven assists in the league, and. Um, I mean, that, I don't know peak. how much to take from that. I know. Congratulations. I don't know how that's much to take peak. from that. And he took um, and five, I don't mind. penalties at the end of the season to get that number up to nine. Sure. I don't mind if he is a bit part player coming off the bench, playing for us, starting some games if he's on form. Um, I think he still has something to offer for two years. I don't like that we're giving him the third year, but it seems like that was the only way that he was going to join our club. I do like the price, though. I do like that he's coming in our free and um, it's only 100000 that we're paying him a week. I mean, players like Mikatarian, Kolasinic, countless others in the team are getting paid more than that. And for having a player with Williams' experience, 
um, you know, who's won the league a couple of times and who knows the Premier League that well, who's been in the Premier League for so long, seven years, um, I don't, I don't hate it. I don't hate having a player with that much experience who we don't have to pay any transfer fees for because we're obviously, you know, on a big bu- budget this summer. So, so I are don't you selling, hate it. Are you selling Aubameyang or Lacazette? I mean, there's room. Obviously, Obama. There's, there's. It's almost been confirmed that Obama is going to resign. Um, looks like he's going to be making around two hundred fifty thousand a week, which I think he deserves that contract. Um, unlike Ozil, he did not deserve his contract. But um, there's rumors of Lacazette going to Atletico Madrid for you know thirty million, which would be pretty disappointing because we paid like fifty two million for him. So, it'd be a pretty big loss on that player. And I wouldn't like to sell him. I'd like to keep him another year. And if we can, I think we will. Arteta does seem to like him and did play him in a lot of games. So I, I honestly think we keep both. I honestly think both will end up being on Arsenal at the end of the of the year. But I think we're looking to sell other players, looking to move on Mustafi, um, looking to move on Ozil. Don't know if that's going to happen. Mkhitaryan, Elneny, Kolasinic. I've, I've got a wild internet rumor that I do want your two cents and then we'll wrap up the pod. Uh, Juventus-Arsenal open for a swap of Lacazette for one of the potential of following Douglas Costa, Bernadeschi, Daniel Rugani, or Christian Romero, their center back. I don't want any of those fucks. What about Aaron Ramsey? (laughs) No. Bring Ramsey home. And I don't want any of those players. We're not doing a player swap. That's not happening. It's just like a FIFA thing. They just did it with Pjanic and Arthur. Maybe they're feeling good No, but they paid money for them. It wasn't like a player swap. Yeah, because he's younger. They they paid money on Listen, if they want Lacazette, give us $50 You can have him. We need the money. We got to go out Get and sign party. Listen, we're not taking player swaps, man. We need money. Fine. That's what Fine. Arsenal need right now. Thirty million in Higuain. No. <laughs> I'll kill myself. Offer. Final offer. I wanted. I wanted Another Higuain in 2012. Yeah, I wanted Higuain in 2012. Not. Uh, not. Not eight years later. So. Hey, man. So did I. But you can't always get what you want. Sometimes things come around a little bit later than you want them to. Sometimes it'd be like that. Um. For. for for all the latest and greatest, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Andrew Pissarro at ASMOS92 at Javier Rev9 at Ghost Gold Pod. And until next time. Bye.